0: want to remind everyone to go to hankstrange.com sign up for the email list very very important thing to do so we can keep up with you let you know what's going on with us uh let you know uh Lola's working on deals and all kinds of things out there if if we get moved around if we get shut down somewhere you know hankstrange.com is the place to go the email list is the place to be um uh, that being said, I also want to thank Harry's Holsters for sponsoring the show. Uh, you can see the code is uh, Hank Strange that you can use at Harry's Holsters. It gives you 10% off, so please use that. And let's see. Let's uh, let's get the show lined up here. Let's get everyone in, and I will, uh, I will hit the open button and get everything going here. Let's see. Welcome back to the Hank Strange, right. Strange situation. Mm lifestyles make sure that you guys subscribe here to the channel ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live okay so holly you're brand new here on the podcast we do this thing called jazz hands like this we get it going break the ice there we go jazz hands everyone all right i hope you guys out there have your big girl panties on because we are live this is episode 607 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Our special guest, there she goes, Holly Sullivan, is joining us from uh, Connecticut Citizens Defense (laughs) League. She's the president. She will be here to bring us up to speed with what's going on in Connecticut. Welcome, Holly, to the show.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you, thank you so much. Also joining us, we've got Richard from BWE Firearms. He looks very happy, of course. Because i was just sad yeah <laughs> and uh we've got we've got uh and, and richard is in florida and we've got young dylan dale speck he's joining us from kentucky uh what's up dylan
2: thanks for having me on hank
0: oh absolutely thanks for coming back here we we enjoy having you on all right so welcome everyone to the show welcome to all the folks out there please smash those thumbs ups ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live like i said share this uh, with your friends out there if you can we appreciate all that kind of stuff if you have questions for um, holly sullivan here we will be able to take those can i call you holly
1: yeah of course
0: okay i'm just making sure you know We call worse Yeah you know, uh-oh we we have to hunt those people down <laughs> looks foggy. Oh lola says your camera looks foggy i don't know um <coughs> I don't know. Maybe we could. There you you go. There you go. Is that better, Lola? Are you happy now? Let Yeah, let's get let's see. We have to wait for approval from Lola. Um, Yeah. So smash those thumbs ups. Like I said, guys, Um, first of all, like we usually do here when we have a new guest, I think the first question is, can you explain to the folks out there who you are and and exactly what is uh, Connecticut Citizens Defense League? I know it's been around for some time, actually.
1: Yeah, we've been around for more than a decade. So Mm -hmm. the Connecticut Citizens Defense League is the most active gun rights organization in the state of Connecticut. Um, We are sometimes known as the Constitution State, but it sure doesn't feel like that uh, Mm -hmm. these days. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, we are a legislative action organization. We have a board of 19 individuals that run this incredible group, and uh, we're all volunteers and just uh, work really, really hard to protect the rights of the residents of the state of Connecticut. Um, Not only our Second Amendment rights, but in the state of of Connecticut, we have a state constitution that further bears uh, gives us the right to uh, keep and bear arms. And, you know, we're in constant vigilance of all sorts of bills that come out. And I can tell you that every legislative session, there are dozens of bills that come out that we are tasked with making sure that they don't move forward. Or if they actually are a pro-2A bill to do all that we can to support them and the legislators that put those forward. Um, we work heavily to get our people involved in campaigns um, and, and, and be involved in lawsuits and things along those lines. So really exciting. There are, believe it or not, 37,000 members in this organization. So this is not a small group. Um, and we're excited about the work that we do.
0: Okay. Awesome. And, uh, I I think you are the first female president of the CCDL. How, how did you uh, manage to pull that off? (laughs)
1: well when you've got a group of supporters like I do I mean I'll tell you you know it's so funny people say that like well you're the first female president I'm like I wouldn't be president if it wasn't for all these great guys that helped me get there you know um, I couldn't ask for a better support team and and the majority of the board are male but of course we also have women on the board as well but um, really gender isn't an issue you know it's really not what it's about. What's it matter? It's about, you know, who, who's there and, and in the fight. So, um, so I'm only the second president, so I don't want to make that claim as if it's oh. like some big thing.
0: <laughs> that's true. Um, right. If you think about it. Yeah. That's, yeah. There's only been two. There's only been two so, so far. So
1: 50, 50 bad on the average. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So, um, but it's, it's great. I mean, I, I have to say the the guys that have supported me in getting here have been fantastic.
0: Okay. Half the presidents have been men, half the presidents have been women. It's right. all it's all equity. <laughs> equity. Right. As they say out there. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich.
3: Holly, you're supposed to say you're the first woman president And you're the longest-serving woman president. (laughs) That's how you got to spin it.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) this is very true. All statements are true. Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) Yeah, you can really uh, take that and go far with it. Okay, awesome. (laughs) So, um, and and can you give us some background um, um, of what you've been doing in Connecticut so far as the Second Amendment? I think I saw somewhere that you you were a firearms instructor you know, what kind of, is that accurate? What kind of stuff have you been up to in the uh, gun community here?
1: Yeah. So, um, I am an NRA certified instructor, although I'll tell you that since, uh, becoming president of CCDL, there's not a whole lot of time to run classes or even get to the range as much as I used to. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a member of a range where we have to do our range duty pretty often. So that certainly keeps me still on the range, but maybe not as much, uh, in the Bay as much as I would like to be instead of working it. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, for me, I think it's, you know, what's kind of interesting is if you live in a state like New York, New Jersey, California, Connecticut, you get it that your fight never ends. Mm -hmm. It's constant. And if you live in a state that's a freer state, it's a lot easier to kind of forget a little bit about how bad it can get. So, you know, however you're spending your time, you know, move the industry forward, move the the community forward, and and in a state like this, it, it's a it's a full time job. Um, so so for these group of individuals that run this organization and our volunteers, um, the amount of hours that go in probably are a full part time job for each and every one of us. Um, and then for me, of course, as president, it, it's it's maybe even just more time, not necessarily that I do more work, but more time commitment. And, um, and I think that's necessary that states like this have that kind of vigilance because um, it, it, what happens here is eventually coming to every other state.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's so important to watch what's happening in places like this so that you can be prepared for what's heading your way. And we are trying to hold that ground.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'll throw up this comment here from Walt Cupson. He says Holly works so hard for CCDL. So there you go. Uh, Thanks Thanks for that input. Yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, Listen, I grew up in New York, tri-state area. I think out of the uh, in the tri-state area, Connecticut was probably better known for gun things. I think. I mean, New York's really tough, uh, especially in New York City. Uh, yeah. New Jersey, you know, not that bad, be- not that much better. And uh, Connecticut used to be a lot better. Um, you know, what can you like bring us up to speed with what's going on in Connecticut currently? Uh, what are the what are the big battlegrounds that you guys have going on there so far as the Second Amendment?
1: Yeah, so I mean, as of course, everybody knows um, when the incident happened at Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changed everything here um, in Connecticut. And it's not its not just for gun owners. I mean, everybody in this state was impacted by that. And I think people around the country were impacted by it. But we live it day to day. What came out of that was a piece of, of legislation called SB 1160. Um, we, we refer to it as a Senate bill. And SB 1160 was a three-pronged piece of legislation. It essentially said that there were going to be restrictions on firearms, magazines, et cetera, and that passed, um, as did the other two parts of the bill, which was funding for mental health and school security. The Mm -hmm. only piece of that piece of legislation that's been upheld is the restrictions on gun owners. The mental health has not been funded, and schools are still not in compliance with school safety here in the state of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So for gun owners, we have been fighting this uphill battle uh, since then, So we have very stringent um, limitations on the firearms that we can own. We can't have magazines that load past 10 rounds. Um, You have to have a permit, not only to buy a firearm, you have to have a permit to buy ammunition. So you can't even walk into your local gun store and buy a single round of 22 off the shelf unless you've been background checked. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all part of that, um, part of that permit process. The Mm -hmm. permit's expensive. Um, It takes, quite a long time to get. Um, so the town is supposed to issue it to you within eight weeks. It doesn't always happen that way. Um, so, so things are hard here in the state of Connecticut after that piece of legislation. And I think one of the frustrations for gun owners here is we were supposed to have this bill that was going to fix it all and it would never happen again. Mm-hmm. But only one out of the three parts was actually ever implemented. Yeah. Mental health is not funded and schools are still not compliant. There are still schools in this state that have not met their obligations. So why are we the only ones that had to do our part? Mm -hmm. Um, And every single year, more and more legislation comes out that is just harder and harder. We were the very first state in the country to have red flag gun laws. We've had them since the 1990s. Um, We've been living with it for a long time. We have temporary restraining orders and ex parte restraining orders. there is a legislator out there right now that wants to tax us 35% on ammunition and take that money and fund anti-gun groups with our tax money at 35% of ammunition. So if you can imagine for people in the shooting sports, how expensive it will be to do those things. Um, we lost bump stocks before the rest of the nation lost bump stocks. So, you know, that's why I really encourage people to pay attention. I mean, I get it. Trust me. There used to be a time that I used to be, have time to flip through magazines and just peruse in the gun store, and it really kind of clicked. But, like, if you that amount of time that you spend obsessed, like looking at holsters, and I love it, don't get me wrong, you got to put that same amount of time into being able to keep that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or what's it for?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we've seen, um, you know, they've used Connecticut as a blueprint around the country. Um, every time something bad happens, right, and the gun is blamed for it instead of the people or the mismanagement or negligence of law enforcement. Let's say, for example, not following up on things like we had here in Florida. The the. You know, the gun gets blamed. We get a bunch of laws. They're all restrictive to the people. And then, like you said, in Connecticut, the things that they say, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to make it. We're going to make schools safer. All the things that allow the politicians we think are on our side, that that they say, oh, you know, we're, we're getting we're giving them that. But we're getting this. They never actually do that. Right. So, right. Um, uh, by the way, Vanessa Kitty, uh, a long time um person here in the chat supporting the podcast she says she's a member of ccdl so um so um so yeah there you go um i think that we see that everywhere and people really need to be aware of that and trying to do something i don't think we can all do the same thing right obviously Mm -hmm. you know so everyone's got different skills everyone's capable of doing different things But we need to make sure that we're out there fighting this, because really, in the end, all they want to do is put these restrictions on us. So um, so specifically, what does the uh, CCDL what 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 do you guys do in Connecticut um, to to fight for the Second Amendment?
1: Yeah, definitely. So right now, as we head into election season, this Mm -hmm. is a huge time for us. So um, we're in the midst of actually going through. We've gone through every single legislator that's currently serving in our state capitol. We have looked at the last seven or eight years of their voting history and recorded every Second Amendment vote that they've taken and whether they're with us or against us. They've all been ranked and rated, um, and we're about to roll that out to our members because every politician will get in front of you and say, I stand for the Second Amendment. Of course, they support the Second Amendment. Well, We're going to show you how they voted over the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually see just because they said that, did they support you with bump stocks? Did they support you in those bigger bills? Mm-hmm. Um, even, even other things, we have vehicle safe storage requirements, things like that. We've looked at all of that so that we have almost a decade's worth of voting history that our members can say, wait a second, you said you support the Second Amendment. Why did you vote this way? Mm-hmm. So it's not just words, it's the facts. And then the same thing with the candidates is we're going through the candidates and they're being surveyed. Um, very similarly like the NRA does, so that our voters can make an educated vote um, when we get later in the fall that they know how who they're voting for and whether they're really going to support them. Because we're not going to change the way the legislature votes until we change who's in those seats. So that's something that we're working on right now. Um, tremendous amount of work has gone into it by our vice president and some of the other members of the board. Um, of course, we also have some lawsuits out there Uh, We have two lawsuits right now. We have uh, we just filed a lawsuit against the governor of the state of Connecticut. Um, Essentially, what happened when the coronavirus pandemic happened, uh, he suspended a requirement in the state of Connecticut that the police departments uh, complete fingerprinting. You can't get your permit unless you are fingerprinted in our state. So Mm. he said that the police departments do not have to fingerprint you. So for anybody who is trying to get their permit during this whole coronavirus period, they've not even been able to submit an application. So it's been essentially a de facto ban on your ability to exercise your Second Amendment rights. And as I mentioned earlier, you can't even buy ammunition. So even if you're, you know, even if you've got, uh, you know, your you have a, a family firearm that's just in your home, you can't even go out and buy a round to defend yourself without Mm. that piece of plastic. So uh, we did win that temporary injunction. um, So the governor was forced to lift that ban and uh, we are still working through the remainder of that lawsuit. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Do you know how many um, people does that affect, so right now the ban's lifted, right? So people can actually um, go forward and get their uh, CCW, right?
1: Yep, they can, yep.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just trying to throw some news up of that here, but it's still ongoing, so um, how how long do you think this uh, process is going to take before this is all dealt with?
1: So, yeah, so there's a couple pieces to the lawsuit. Um, There's the temporary injunction, which is almost kind of like an emergency order. Right. And that's what we saw. We needed it to be really timely. We sought that temporary injunction. That part is done. The judge, a federal judge ordered that the governor had to lift his ban. Then there's a whole other portion that deals with the damages and the people that were affected and how they were um, how they were damaged by his by his order um, and all of those plaintiffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, that were involved in that case so that's still all unraveling and
0: -hmm. okay okay yeah we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that um so let me see here you know i'm trying to keep track of the uh the uh of the comments here so i know vanessa kitty has a lot of a lot of comments that uh she said uh they work on stopping it uh let me see i'll throw this up so we can get that go up here. They work on stopping it, change legislation, propose every single session, and the governor's crazy pro- proclamations against our self-defense. So there you go. Um, uh, and then Brian Quick says we have people advocating for you to not have control over your own face. You know they want everything that goes pew pew. <laughs> um, and Mr. Lovell says that's awesome. I'm I'm sure he's talking about the. Uh, the lawsuit there, he said, that's awesome. Keep uh, these people accountable. Uh, so there you go. Um, so, you know, it's a weird thing, right? Like Connecticut is a place where there were a lot of – a lot of the firearms industry was there. Right, guys? Uh, Rich, you know this. We've had yep. – let's see. Who, who can we – I know there's Colt. Stag <laughs> Arms. Ruger. Stag Arms, um, Ruger, uh, um, Connecticut Windshot Shotgun. Gun. Okay. Yeah. There's all these different places. I even visited, uh, like, Connecticut Shotgun, for example. And, um, you know, they were making ARs at one point that the people who work there cannot even buy. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's really... It, it's really an insane situation what's happened. And I think that's um, probably chased a lot of those businesses out of there, right?
1: Oh, it definitely yeah. has. It, it's a problem, yeah. hmm
0: hmm uh, I, I mean, how... Um, when did this all really start getting bad? Does anyone have an idea of when, uh, you know, I think we've seen a lot of Colt's cult, probably still there, right?
1: Yeah, Colt um, is not as big as it was, but cold mm-hmm. is still here. Yeah. Um, really, really Sandy Hook was really mm-hmm. a huge turning point for us. Um, PTR Industries, they they left um, not too long after that. I think they left in maybe 2004. 15 they went down to the carolinas um you know it is it's a problem and and people told this guy that just was such a genius this mm-hmm. heritage is here and we should be proud of it but instead gun owners in this state are shamed mm-hmm. um without question uh if you are not on the side of the antis and the moms who demand action um you are the enemy and you are hateful and they just don't understand
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh let's see here uh vanessa kitty says stag's leaving us for safer pastures i think i heard about that um where's stag arms going to i'm not i'm trying to remember exactly where they're going to maybe somewhere is it in the south is it arizona i don't know um you know that's uh so how is it i know you were part of the dc project right we had diane moeller on here a few Uh, weeks ago what's that go ahead
2: sorry to interrupt i think Mm -hmm. they're going to wyoming
0: Wyoming. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. You, okay, so listen, on the subject of everyone leaving, right, th- this has happened, I grew up in New York, I wound up leaving there, I went to New Jersey, it wasn't any better, a lot worse, came to Florida, um, and then even there's things coming in here to Florida, like I said, what do you really think about this? You know, there's a lot of people who get sick and tired of it, and they leave, everyone can't do that. Um, ultimately, you know, people have to stand and fight, um, not just where they are, even around the country. How do you look at this whole thing? Have you ever thought about leaving? And,
1: huh. I, leave, I think about leaving a lot, but mm. at the end of the day, it's like a disease. You know, if you don't stay and deal with it, it will only get bigger and harder to deal with down the road Mm -hmm. so i'm sure you are seeing that in states like florida that all of these northerners come south and then they bring these ideologies with them um you know uh, we hear it all the time i can't believe this is happening here it's you can't just leave and think that that ideology is going to stay contained in the northeast or on the far west coast that's not how it works um as these people look for tax havens and and nicer climates, they're also going to bring the policies that destroyed their home states with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so if people don't stay where they are and stay committed to the fight, um, it's only going to get bigger faster. Um, but you know, there's definitely a part of me that, that can't wait for, uh, Southern temperatures one of these days, especially come February. I'm very envious when we've got feet of snow. Um, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of work that has to be done here.
2: Yeah, and, and let me just say, you are so right on that because so many people, like I live in Kentucky, so many people say, "Oh, well, that'll never happen in Kentucky." And we just elected a governor that, if he had his way, he would make us very similar to Connecticut, maybe even worse. And um, so many people, like when the thing went down in Florida uh, about two years ago or a year ago, uh, people were asking, Hank, they said, are you going to move out of the state of Florida? I remember them all asking that. And Mm -hmm. this whole idea of moving, we're running out of places to hide to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many people, you know, people don't realize that the the gun grabbers, they have shifted their tactics. Mm -hmm. They realize that under Obama, we did such a good job for the most part of stopping things on a federal level. That they can just get the ball rolling on the state level, use mm-hmm. a state as a testing ground, and then that gives them the blueprint, if it passes, to do it in every other state. And that's how I think we're up to 17 states with red flag laws in the mm-hmm. past year or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. spreading like wildfire.
0: Yeah, well so funded and, and they're very, sharing informa- information information right. really well. Mm-hmm. You're
2: you're very good for still wanting to fight in your state because, like you said, the battle is never over. No matter how much they take away, it's it's still you still the battle is not over. And like, um, the state that I live in, in Kentucky, so many people it makes me so mad how they think that we're safe automatically. <laughs> and I I see I see Kentucky in a few years um, having some things come down similar to Florida. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. do. And I, yeah. And it, it's going to it's going to kill me. But I, I will not move. I will I will stay here. And, um
0: you know, I will. Wasn't California a cowboy state at some point? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it could well, it and, could definitely happen anyway. And look and at the
2: state. Look at the state of Tennessee. They yeah. have all Republican legislator and governor and they can't get constitutional carry pass neither can texas i mean mm-hmm. there is a big problem right now even in the sub- supposed pro-gun states i mean mm-hmm. we're losing a lot of ground
0: mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. did you want to add something rich no
3: i'm just you know i'm just agreeing with it you know i've moved around uh you know spent growing up in ohio and then spent 10 years in virginia Mm-hmm uh, in Northern Virginia and, yeah. you know, wow. So it, Virginia is so different.
0: Virginia just a couple of years ago. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. What's, uh, what's been going on in, in places like Virginia. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, you know, I was, inner arms was in old town, Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And I think about, we used to, in the gun shop, if we had to replace a gun, we mm-hmm. walked up to the warehouse, which was about a block away, mm-hmm. signed the gun out, carried the gun back to the gun shop mm-hmm. and, you know, did the paperwork to, to replace it. Mm-hmm. And the laws that they just passed, we couldn't do that. We used to unload trucks from the street all the time. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do that now either because they banned it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How is the funding, how's the funding going over there, Holly? Obviously, the other side's well-funded, <laughs> Bloomberg. You know, he's put the machinery out there. Um, On your side, how's the funding?
1: Well, I think, you know, coronavirus has definitely made it hard because we can't get together in person. One of the things that's so beautiful about CCDL, and and yeah, maybe it's not the same dollars that Bloomberg has, but we pass a bucket. Like, Mm -hmm. this this is money that is earned by people who are working and and breaking their backs. And being able to open up their wallet and give us whatever they can. Um, mm-hmm. That to me is worth tenfold of what they get through their political dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, the we are the most grassroots organization. It's We literally have like an old pretzel bucket that has like IKEA handles screwed into the side and okay. like we pass it around oh the room. God. Like it's so old school. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, we do, we thrive on, we thrive on donations and, and we have our website and we have a PayPal link right there. One of the things that's very, very important to me is that CCDL does not charge dues. And as long as I am in my role, we will never charge dues to be a member. Um, we're hoping to implement tiered membership where there's other perks that you can get along with it. But to be a member of CCDL, um, nobody should have to pay for that we want to help each and every resident in this state, uh, exercise their second amendment rights, regardless of their ability to afford to do so. Um, and we're deeply committed to that. So running an organization that does not have mandatory dues is certainly not easy. Um, but we, we're able to do it out of the goodwill, of the people that, that can donate when they
4: can.
0: Yeah. I'm throwing up the, uh, <laughs> the website right now for CCDL. Um, and uh, I'm sure you guys could stand to use uh, more members, more people supporting you yeah. over there. Um, let's, say, let's say there's folks out there and they don't exactly have a lot of money. I know the money's welcome. Are there other things that they can do to help out the cause in Connecticut?
1: Absolutely. So you may have noticed a comment earlier from Walt Cupson. Walt is our mm-hmm. outreach coordinator. Mm-hmm. So his role with us is if somebody comes forward and says, hey, I want to help, I'm in the town of whatever, Mm -hmm. he's gonna put you in touch with other people in your region. And you can just let us know what's going on in your town. Maybe there's a local ordinance that they're trying to pass that you can't carry a gun on town property. Or maybe there's a politician who said something horrendous about the second amendment and we wanna make sure people know better. No matter how little or how much time you have to give, we have a job that can be done. Um, It can literally just be as simple as that. Call us when something's going on in your town Mm-hmm. Or want to work on a campaign? We'll find you a really solid two A candidate that you can help. So no matter what your capacity is, whether it's capacity to donate, uh, whether it's capacity to give time, whatever it is, um, we can use it.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm uh, someone saying here that you've got a Facebook group. I'm gonna see if I could find it and sure. pull up the Facebooks. There's go. a
1: group and a page. There's two different ones. There's a yeah. Facebook group, and a Facebook page.
0: Is it, So the page, is that the one with the eagle on it?
1: Yeah, the one with the eagle is the official page and then the group is the one. I think there's like a beach right now for summer. Yeah. It's a CCDL, like a beach. Yeah. Um, that's and,
0: that's you know, what we're looking yeah. at, CCDL on the beach and an eagle. Yeah. So
1: if you join the group, that's where we we chat. Make sure you answer the three questions to be able to be admitted to the group Mm -hmm. Um, or just follow us on the Facebook page, which is where we're going to put out some official announcements um, as they come up.
0: Yeah. Um, Are you guys do you guys have anything on Instagram or any other social medias out there that uh, folks can go to?
1: It's on the agenda. It's one of my things that I'd like to accomplish is to have more out there on Instagram. But no, there there is an Instagram um, site for us. We don't post to it quite as often. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly the stuff that goes on our Facebook page does often link over to there. But it's mm-hmm. not as active as it could be.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe that's a way that someone can help, right? If you've got uh, folks out there that are willing to volunteer and, and run some of the social media pages. Because that's, yeah. I mean, it's tough to do. It's not easy. as everyone thinks it is there's
3: a bunch of them now too with parlor and mind yeah and
0: (laughs) it could get crazy it could get crazy uh sharing these pages so um there you go uh let's see here uh i don't know if there's some other questions i know there were some questions coming in before so let's see if there's other questions uh that are coming in. How, how are you guys doing with this whole uh, coronavirus thing? Everyone okay there in Connecticut? You, anyone that, um, that you know of getting sick or anything like that? I think Connecticut was a little bit of a hot spot for a little while. I think it's cooling down.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody's kind of handles it a little bit differently. Um, you know, I think a lot of Gun owners still go to their gun stores or they go to their clubs or ranges as they're allowed to. Um, What I've seen is people are being really responsible. People keep their distance as much as they can, but um, without it, you know, um, without it ruling their life either. But, you know, I totally respect the individuals that do have a a real concern about it. And I also respect the individuals that kind of, you know, say, hey, if, if if I get it, then, you know. Maybe I'll build up an immunity. Everybody's different in how they look at it, and I respect that tremendously. We, you know, one of the things about gun owners is we come from all backgrounds and all ideologies and all opinions, and we're probably some of the most opinionated people that you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. So, all kinds of ideas uh, flying around when it comes to that
4: stuff. But, mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, um, Connecticut was. One of those states that was shut down hard and fast uh, when it first happened, and we're starting to reopen, but there's still a lot we can't do.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I'm I'm am guessing right now that Connecticut is banning people from Florida. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those you things are going. First.
4: Huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, us first. yeah. Okay. Everyone's gonna be, build walls. <laughs>
3: Bill, yeah,
0: build walls all around the state. Let's see. So, like, let's uh, go around a little bit here and see what's going on. Uh, Dylan, you're you're in Kentucky. What's the situation in Kentucky right now? You're working in a gun store. What does that look like in gun stores there? And then maybe maybe we can get Holly to tell us as well. I don't know if you've been out to any gun stores recently, Holly. But Dylan, oh yeah, uh, yeah. How does it look in uh, Kentucky?
2: So our governor signed an order where everyone. Uh, is mandated to have to wear a mask in public now there was a lawsuit and it's mm. not being it's not being um harshly enforced i should say but um like since i'm an employee at a place i'm always wearing a mask um, which is um can be a little bit challenging but um many people still come in the store that are normal customers but a lot of our elderly uh, customers, um, my boss tells them, he's like, you guys just need to stay home and if, you know, just call the store and if you need me to, you know, if there's anything I can do for you over the phone, I'll do that. But there's no reason for you to be in here if you're 84 years old, just to, you know, just because they're retired and they normally just come in just to say hi or whatever.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but, you know, it's it's pretty much business as usual. I mean, it's it's um, kind of like what, what Holly said, like our, our normal customers still come here. Um, things are still somewhat normal. Um, it's been very crazy with, you know, the amount of new buyers that are coming in. I mean, I have a lot of, a lot more new buyers than exi- a lot of existing customers. They may just come in to buy ammo or something like that. But, um, um, the new buyers are really what's making us really busy right now. I mean, there's so many people. Um, I mean, I sold a, I sold a 38, uh, a Taurus model 605 38 revolver to an 86 year old lady yesterday who told me she hates guns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I just said, well, you know, it's a good thing we have the Second Amendment, or you wouldn't be able to have it.
0: Yeah, she hates guns. Why is she buying that then? What, because
2: the... um, b- because now all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. it's socially acceptable. I, I don't know.
0: I think people You're are worried. worried.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. the I think the tune is shifting
0: a little bit. So yeah. it's,
2: um, that's maybe yeah. one of the positive things.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What were you going to say, Rich?
2: should have sold her a 500 smith and wesson oh no i just wanted i just wanted to i just wanted to make the sale help you know help her get what she needed respect my elders and send her on her way
0: good job good good job on you dylan that's right (laughs) (laughs) don't do what richard is saying (laughs) Don't listen well, to him. Well, we
2: didn't even have a 500 to sell or We normally yeah.
0: do. <laughs> yeah. Is it a situation in gun stores right now that it's like if you go into a gun store, you have to take whatever is there? Is that what's going on? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean we, we, yeah. we are having a big issue with resupply. I will tell you, Hank, I'll, I'll tell you who it is off camera if you want. But we, one of our salesmen for the largest distributor in the country that we mm-hmm. use, we use six major distributors. Mm-hmm. And one of our, our salesmen called us and said – on ammunition and firearms they had a meeting with the manufacturers and that mm-hmm. there is likely a 24 month back order for a lot of things yeah um Whoa. and i i i suspect that the price of ammunition and firearms are going to keep going through the roof i am noticing from every time we order stuff the stuff we're able to order our prices are creeping up mm-hmm. and I, I just see things starting to get really high in terms of pricing and then Holly, you brought up a great point about the left wanting to tax firearms and ammunition. It's so funny how they claim to be for the, you know, for the working guy, for yeah. the, you know, the, the less for the fortunate people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, when it's like how how is a single mom going to be able to afford to have ammo when you tax it 35%? That's really, you know, that's a real Do you think they'll subsidize
0: to, uh, the ammo maybe? yeah right.
3: right can you can you buy ammo with an ebt
0: card yeah can we saw, get some subsidies on some guns
3: i saw a yeah.
2: meme on facebook where uh bernie sanders where it just said where he said that uh, uh basically people shouldn't have to work for what they want it, there was some little kid in the crowd with a speech bubble saying should guns be free also and then it has yeah. him saying no
0: yeah. no no yeah um so tell us holly is it Is it the same as in Kentucky or is it worse in Connecticut because of, you know, the added complexities that you have, you guys have there going on with laws, taxation of ammo, et cetera? Is it uh, how how are you guys seeing this run? Well,
1: I I think gun stores are in the same boat. Um, You know, gun stores here are having just as much trouble as gun stores anywhere else because Mm -hmm. really it comes from the manufacturer. Um, I think ammo is hard to get, um, but we are also seeing a huge increase in the number of new gun owners, just like Mm -hmm. Dylan was saying. (laughs) Um, It's interesting. When somebody signs up to become a CCDL member, I get an email every single time. So when you go to CCDL.us and you click join, I get an email that is the information you put in, your name, where you're from, why you're interested. And I read each and every one of them. When things were quieter, you know, it was a couple a day. Every time I check my email, I'm like, holy, you know, there's 25 more every time I look at my phone. And and these are the folks who are getting their permits and getting their guns for the first time. And, you know, and I think that that's also a part of people, um, you know, buying what's on the shelves. Um, but no, I think across the country, um, there's a shortage. Um, and, and, you know... I don't know if our laws are making that any more difficult. I think that right now what it is is a it's a national feeling that there's um a, a di- there's a feeling that they need to protect themselves. Um mm-hmm. that the government is not going to be there to do it for you. Um so I, I think that's just, you know, systemic everywhere.
0: Yeah. So here's a comment from Robert Starr that I will read for all you guys here. I think uh, you guys might find this amusing. He says, uh, maybe you can buy ammo with your EBT card if you tell them that you're going to bite the bullet. (laughs) 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 Um, And I I see some people, Vanessa Kitty says gun stores are getting thin on inventory. I think uh, that's happening for sure. And some people were asking Our, about like 9mm uh, or, or ammo, oh my. ammo available. Oh, forget yeah. it. Mm-hmm.
2: If you, uh, Hank, if you don't mind me saying the three the mm-hmm. three hardest calibers right now 9mm, uh, number one, 5.56, mm-hmm. five number two, mm-hmm. but three, 380 is number three, and it's starting to creep up closer to number two. Mm-hmm. Um, those are 380 is starting to become hard to get. We, we have so many distributors. My boss, he, get, he stays up extremely late ordering things and he'll put things in his cart at three in the morning and by 305 it's gone it's already bought yeah. mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 really that bad right now um we're seeing on ammo our cost is going up well over 20 percent when we can get it wow. um, and what i told you um i can tell you one of the major ammo manufacturers we spoke to one of their rep and they're over two billion rounds behind mm-hmm. and they said that yeah. They said that that would take them a year and a half just to fill the back orders. Yeah,
0: I mean. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this: this is probably you know, um, do you think you do you guys think this is a good time to sell your guns and ammo and stuff like that if you have it or you guys are holding? Is, go ahead, Holly. We'll let you. <laughs> You can jump in on I've this one.
1: I've never, I've never <laughs> sold a gun. I've never sold a gun. I have, I have guns that I hate, and they will sit in the back of the safe. But it's one more gun I've got. Yeah.
0: So, um, so there's guns back there. Do you just open up your safe and go in there? I hate you.
1: I really hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> They're a horrible gun.
1: I mean,
0: wouldn't <laughs> this, so? Wouldn't this, Richard? I mean, you guys, let me know. Wouldn't this be a good time? Like those guns that you don't really like, you could sell them, get yeah. a good price. You know, save that money for some you're, awesomeness. No, you're very, Holly, you're, Holly's no. Holly's saying... You're
2: a very principled woman. You're much more principled than me. I wish I was
0: like you.
1: <laughs> I never yeah. sold a gun in my life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everything's um, for sale. I this, got that's some people's family yeah. traditions. I don't know. Does that, like, go back? Because there's certain people I know, no one in their family sells guns. They only buy guns. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, but this is a good time, though. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just it, saying. Yeah.
1: I have a raffle gun that I won, and it's just a polymer piece. of terrible. Mm-hmm. And it just sits back there. But I will, until the day I die,
0: Yeah. <laughs> one
1: more gun. If it, look, if, if my door breaks down, it's one more gun I've got.
0: No, that's true. And the thing is, is that you're in Connecticut also, right? So, unfortunately... Things are getting harder and more difficult there for people to get their hands on stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of get that. I kind of get that, you know.
2: Um, See, because don't don't you all have a waiting period and all that stuff? I could be wrong.
1: So, actually, we don't. Believe it or not, you actually, the day that you purchase your firearm, you you walk out with it. Um, No doubt that they're going to try to change that at some point in time. But there is an extensive waiting period to get your uh, permit in the first place. So you can't buy a gun here until you have that permit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's supposed to be not more than eight weeks, but um, we definitely see six months or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And really, there's no um, there's no punitive measure taken against the department if they do exceed the eight weeks. So if you don't get your permit within eight weeks, you go and you have a hearing in front of a board. You can wait a year to three years to even get that hearing. And then all they can do is just say, give them this permit.
2: Yeah, that turns into a de facto waiting period, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Right. So, you know, we're we're technically labeled as a as a uh, shall issue state, but we're really like a may issue state because it can be just so onerous.
0: Yeah, they can throw things in, in, in the front of it. Walt Cupson says all guns matter. <laughs>
1: All guns matter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he's not he's not selling any guns either. Who? So let me see on the panel who would sell guns right now, since this is like I would do it. I would do it.
2: Well, let I'm me make confession.
0: Yeah, because I want I'll, some. I'll, I want some nice guns. I want to get some like you know, some some higher end guns <laughs> or something. But you can't get those now. But I would get. No. I would sell it, save my money, and wait, see what happens. Yeah. You know? he-
2: T- today, as a matter of fact, um, actually a couple of days ago, I was just going through our distributors. Sometimes, you know, when we're not the few, mm-hmm. the few minutes of the day when we're not busy, I'll just get on the computer and look at our distributors and see what they have. And like uh, normally, no, yeah, normally I can spend like hours on there, and I'll just be like, oh, I'd like to have this, this, yeah. this, and this. And I'm going through, and like, you know, it's bad when you can't even pay two grand for an AR. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's terrible right now. Yeah. I mean. Even, even like the, the AR brands that were suffering greatly because the saturated market, you can't find them. Wow. Um, I mean, the only ARs that I see in stock occasionally would be one in like a 6.5 an AR10 and like a 6.5 Creedmoor or a 260 Remington or maybe a 224 Valkyrie. But anything 556, 300 blackout and mm-hmm. even three zero eight I mean forget it I mean it's mm-hmm. and it's I mean I've never seen it that bad before.
0: Yeah, shotguns. I heard okay. shotguns are shotguns are, are not through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. And then obviously ammo. But I guess can so there's rules of how you can sell ammo right depending on where it is. Like I don't know if in Connecticut because of these rules, Holly, you have to tell us can people sell ammo to people.
1: If they have a permit.
0: Oh yeah. okay. Okay. So uh, s- just regular people can't you can't sell ammo to your neighbors.
1: Not if they don't have a permit, no. Oh, right. That's... So you can't I can't hand a single round of ammunition to somebody who's not permitted. That means they've been background checked, they've paid, you mm-hmm. know, up to almost three hundred dollars there, you Whoa. know, the whole nine. Yeah, it's not cheap here. By the time you do your basic safety class you pay your fees, you pay for your state-level fees, and you pay your local municipal fees, um, you're in it um, close to 300 bucks.
0: Yeah, but that's terrible, so you can't even, like if your neighbor doesn't have ammo or something like that, and you're like, hey, I've got some extra ammo, you know, take, you can't do that.
1: Not if they don't have a permit, no. So yeah, like let's say for example, um, so our permit is a permit to carry. It's not open where we could open carry if we wanted to. Most people Mm -hmm. don't, but we are just a permit to carry. So if my neighbor, let's say their grandfather left them a firearm, they are allowed to have it in their house and they Mm -hmm. don't have to have a permit, but you can't step outside with it. But let's say, God forbid, there's a rash of break-ins and I want to hand him one single round of 22. No go.
0: Wow. What if you go to the range and there's someone shooting... And they ran out of ammo, but you still have ammo, and you're like, "Here, take. You can't go. Here's some ammo. Can't do If they're, no, no. they're
1: not permanent, no. If they're not permanent, what's really interesting—the ranges here didn't used to be the case. Um, so, used to be that you could somebody who was a new new shooter—they wanted to just go get a feel for it. Maybe they were, you know, waiting for their permit to come in. They could go to a range, rent a gun, buy the ammo at the range, and then go shoot. They could, They'll rent the gun, but they can't buy the ammo. Out. They can't buy the ammo out of the shell because they're not permitted yet. So the range mm. can't even sell ammo to somebody who wants to go and try it.
0: Yeah, that's insanity. Yeah. That's uh, when you just rent
3: them the gun and give them the ammo.
1: Can't do it. They can't, can't. Yeah,
3: you can't. Receive. You can't even give it. You
0: cannot give they it.
1: They can't receive it. Yeah, they mm. cannot receive ammunition. Um, So, you know, it's just, it's it's a vicious cycle. And and, um, to Dylan's point earlier with this um, 35% ammo tax, you know, Connecticut is kind of a state made up of the haves and have nots, right? Mm -hmm. So Connecticut in our urban areas, um, our urban areas can be really, really tough. City of Bridgeport is rough. City of Hartford is rough. Um, And then you've got the very wealthy shoreline in Fairfield, Connecticut, and it's everything you picture, the tennis courts and the vineyards and all of the, you know, the nice cars and Greenwich and all that. Don't think for a second that the ones that can manage to pay that 35% tax, that they're going to be stopped from buying ammunition. The folks that are not going to be able to afford to buy ammunition are the people who really need it for self-defense. It is the people that can't just go and, and, you know, blow a couple hundred bucks at the range in a day because they want to go shooting with their buddies. These are people that are in a higher crime area and really do need that ammunition for self-defense. And you're not going to develop the skill set to properly defend yourself unless you practice. So, you know, to put that tax in place really is a hardship on on different socioeconomic groups. And and Mm -hmm. the antis don't get it. They think, well, we'll just tax them, and then we can pay for our programs. It doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a single parent, somebody who's scraping by, isn't going to spend the time developing the skill set to be proficient if they can't afford to do it.
0: Absolutely. And
1: that makes their household less safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: It's not that the liberals don't understand. It's that they don't care. Mm-hmm.
1: And they don't want anybody to know, right? Even if they finally get the message, it's whoa, 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 we're not going to talk about that.
0: Yeah. And
3: And it's not the liberals, it's all the politicians.
0: Yeah. And no one cares about it until right now, right? No one cares about it until. So let's say you have someone out there that supported all of these policies. Now they're worried, you know. Now we've got all these things going on in the country. They go into, a, you know, they try to go get a gun somewhere in Connecticut and get ammo, and it's like, no, you have to get the permit for the gun. You have to get the, you have to get the permit for the ammo. Uh, it's it's insanity. But they they created, they put all these blocks in their own way, and that's often what we do you know, like you said, we think it's going to affect someone else, but it's affecting us. Um, How how are they looking at reloading? Can you reload in Connecticut or no?
1: Yep, you can reload. Um, So, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things that I think more and more people are getting into. I grew up reloading with my dad. So that's how I got into firearms. I used to be, you know, seven, eight years old, and I'd sit at my dad's workbench with him. And that's, how i kind of went the direction that i went and i think that there's going to be more and more people looking at reloading um just simply because one ammo is hard to get but at that even the reloading equipment is getting harder to get right even primers whatever it is um that's also getting harder to come by
0: mm-hmm. yeah um so and now what about going to another state <laughs> what about going over state lines to buy ammo how does that work
1: We're allowed to. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, you can drive to another state and buy ammo and bring it back. Um, You know, at the end of the day, what's really interesting about that is the state of Connecticut doesn't realize that that's now regular sales tax dollars that are not coming back. Mm -hmm. Right. Like why they would even do that makes no sense, because, yes, we can leave and go buy it somewhere else. So guess Mm -hmm. what? Connecticut, you just didn't get the 6% sales tax that you would have gotten otherwise, Mm -hmm. the way to go. Mm -hmm.
0: Isn't that, isn't that what happened a lot with cigarettes?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. People would, i in college all the time. Yeah. I remember that people would Mm -hmm. drive across state lines to buy cheaper cigarettes. Do you have
2: to have a permit to go, do they still make you have a permit just to possess the ammo or is that just to buy it? Like if I go to, if I go take a truck to New Hampshire and get a truckload of ammo, do I still have to have the permit?
1: Yeah, I don't believe you can be in possession of the ammunition without a permit.
3: Wow. Mm. It's
1: it's definitely the permit to buy it. That's a really good question. I haven't thought about that in a while. And it's probably, it's definitely something that was on my radar during SB 1160. It's something that I should revisit. But now it's just such the norm that I really think about it. you need to have a permit to buy it. Um, but I would imagine it probably won't go so well for you if you have a permit and, or you don't have a permit and officer finds a Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and then when you're yeah. driving that big truck and you get pulled over, Dylan. No. In Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. That's probably not going to be fun. Um, man,
3: you want to you want some ammo, man? Yeah. <laughs> I I got some ammo in the back man.
0: <laughs> Listen, uh if you know about this, if you're in Connecticut and you know the answer to that, let us know. I'm I'm sure it looks like Holly is um trying to do some research on that. Uh Robert Starr says the reason they're trying to implement a 35% tax on ammo is because they couldn't pass the 50% tax they proposed last year. Nice. True. What the Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, um, last
1: year they wanted 50%, they brought it down to 35.
0: Mm-hmm. But Yeah.
1: Damn.
0: Um and then John Crump gave us a couple of bucks here. He says, "Can you give Bella, my warrior niece, I'm guessing a shout out cuz I don't see the end of it, but shout out to Bella." Um I you know my uh, my best regards go out to Bella. It, out there. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh Hank, hey, Bella. I wanted to I wanted mm-hmm. to uh Bring up something. Also, the sad sure. part about the whole the whole tax thing that scares me.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I could be totally off, and a Holly is more than welcome to. Uh, uh, I'd like to hear her thoughts on this, but I actually think if they pass the thirty five percent tax, that would probably stand up in court because we've had the eleven percent excise tax on firearms for years, mm-hmm. and no one's ever. Uh, uh, I can't remember the the law that's that it is on that, um, mm-hmm. but people have challenged that and it stood there for years and I don't understand how something you know if we if we tax churches or we tax something that's else that's constitutionally protected it seems like that would be struck down but because it's you know the right that everyone uh, is okay with being a second class right that it would stand up so I mean I, I that that truly scares me. And like you're saying, Hank, Mm -hmm. if that law passed, you know, someone like me, you know, I'm a pretty fortunate guy. It may not affect me directly. It would certainly affect me and my ability to target shoot and whatnot. But just because we got to get over this thing as a community of only support going against things that affect me, because it's it's not about me. You know, Mm -hmm. it's about, you know. Like, like Ms. Holly was saying, the people that, that need the Second Amendment more than me are the people that really uh, be, may be of a lower income mm-hmm. and well, they the live in bad areas. the people who just don't areas. even know
0: they need it. They don't even know right. they need yeah. it. And they don't they right. don't have guns. They don't have ammo. They're not able to do any of this stuff until the last mm-hmm. minute, and then they find themselves that they can't do it because of stuff that they supported. I mean, ultimately, to me, I don't think that the Second Amendment should be politicized, mm-hmm. Right. It just shouldn't be, you know, and all of these things are infringements like adding taxes and, and 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 kicking in massive fees and all this kind of stuff. Putting all these restrictions on people are definitely infringements and they shouldn't be there. Uh, John Crump says now Matthew wants a shout out. Shout out to you, Matthew. Shout out to every Crump out there. If your last name is Crump and you're looking at this, this shout outs for you. It's for you. <laughs> shout out to all the Crumpettes all the crumps, the crumpets, the crumpets, (laughs) the crumbs, whoever's out there, shout out to all you guys. So, okay, did you want to address that, Holly? Sorry, we're getting a little silly.
1: No, no, well, Dylan was talking about the the Pittman-Robertson Act, and yes, we've had that for, yeah, for a hundred years, and and that has been upheld, and, um, you know, I think every state and even some localities are able to tax um ammunition at various rates i think in the state of washington there's are some areas that tax ammunition differently and i think that unfortunately yeah if laws like this are allowed to stand um it will become again something that spreads to other places so um so yeah stand by till it comes to a town near you um but but yeah it's i mean we have accepted that for 100 years as americans why because it goes to a good cause right so pittman robertson act funds uh all of these wildlife conservation efforts and and national parks and things like that but at the end of the day now they're making an argument that we should fund urban anti-gun programs so if we've allowed this why not that but how do you quality like qualify if these programs are effective
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: they're Um. not
0: yeah, I don't. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if it's uh, if it's really necessary either. So, uh, by the way, smash the thumbs ups out there. We're talking to Holly Sullivan of CCDL, Connecticut Civil Defense League. So, smash those thumbs ups. I see folks out there joining us. Go ahead and do that. Uh, uh, Gorillas and Guns says, shout, shout, shout to the Crump. There you go. There you go. The Crump should all be covered. Anyone named Crump in the world, even in space. If you're on a spaceship and your name is Crump, I just gave you a shout-out. Okay, let's see. Who was going to... Rich? Was it Rich or was it it Dylan?
2: Well, and something else I want to make, too, Mm -hmm. about these laws with the taxing. Mm -hmm. They are designed not only to infringe on everyone's rights and make it harder for us to, you know, have the things that we are granted uh you know the things that you know are god-given rights that we are allowed you know allow us to have it's also designed to take down the firearms industry because you know yeah. if they if they can take the firearms industry down there's nothing there'll be nothing for us to, you know there'll be nothing for people to buy it's just like hank a while back you know when they i remember you talked about on the show when there was a bill to make the nfa tax up to five hundred dollars i mean um all of these all of these fees and stuff. I mean, th- I mean they are they see the firearms industry, how it is doing well right now with mm-hmm. you know the recent events. And um, their goal is, you know, it's kind of like what we just talked about earlier with the state's rights uh, with with the with the state level gun control uh, initiatives. Um, if they can take, if they can't burn the Second Amendment down in one swipe, but they can take the firearms industry down, well, that plays, yeah, you know, yeah. that plays a role in doing both of it. So, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to throw that out there too. Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, what's, the, what's kind of ironic is how that backfires every time there is a mass casualty event, or every time there is word of massive legislation, or every time there's some sort of civil unrest. firearms industry skyrockets. Mm -hmm. So all of these things that they think play into, you know, well, didn't you see how terrible this was? We go out and buy more Mm -hmm. and we get new recruits and more people that go, hold on. Yes, I know this terrible thing happened, but it just goes to show that I'm responsible for my own self-defense.
0: So
1: it doesn't work, but they keep
0: They keep after it. Yeah. I mean, because it's only it's just a logical thing, right? It's a logical thing. When people are seeing all these bad things happening, they like the media wants to make you think people are seeing this and they're going, you know what? We got to get rid of all the guns. No, the bad guys are doing all of this stuff and the people see it and they're like, oh, the bad guys don't care about laws. (laughs) And when the bad guys are doing things to people, there's no cops or anyone there to save them. Joe Biden's not there to save them. So they're like, you know what? It's only logical that those people say, I'm gonna defend myself. And there's a lot of people out there like uh, that that I've been talking to, before all of this came up, there's folks who I see and I talk to them about guns and stuff like that. and, And they've gotten into guns and everything. And when I see them now, they're like, you know what? It's a good thing I actually got into that. Because all the new people are trying to come in, everything's expensive, it's crazy out there, and they're like, oh, this is a good thing I got into this. Yes, that's the point. America wants guns. America wants to be able to defend themselves. Like, we don't even have to, do we have to ask this question anymore? Yeah. I mean,
3: and they're never going to shut the industry down. There's nothing the government can do to shut the industry down. I've had ATF come in here and say, well, we're going to pull your license. And I just look at them and I say, okay, pull my license. Guess what I'm going to be doing tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Making more money because I have no restrictions then, mm-hmm. And yeah. I can sell whatever I want to whoever I want.
0: Yeah. The only thing they could do but, is try to come for you. But when they try to, yeah. when they try to do that, you know, we just uh – and it's like we, we well, just circle you know, the bandwagons around you. That's yeah, all.
3: <laughs> hey, hey, well, that would be illegal. Yeah. Well, you pulled my license. I was legal and yeah. you want to pull my license.
0: You know. I yeah. don't
3: care. This is what I do.
0: We'll just call your shop. We'll make it a chaz zone. We'll make it the BWE. Yeah, we'll
3: make it a chaz zone. zone.
0: Yeah, exactly. See how that okay. one goes. Uh shooting gallery, NE gave us uh five bucks here. He says, Richard how is this situation affecting your business in terms of transfers or gunsmithing so you're I know you're in a completely different section here you're not necessarily yeah. selling uh, new guns every day but how is how is this all affecting your business
3: you know transfers really the only transfers I do is NFA stuff mm-hmm. and the NFA market is in the toilet really oh yeah and and really you know the NFA stuff I do is machine
0: guns Um mm-hmm. uh, And you couldn't give one away right now, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know. What do you think's going on there with that? Is that just like everyone's focusing on getting guns, no one's thinking about getting the NFA stuff?
3: Yeah, nobody's thinking about getting NFA stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. You know,
3: and and the price, you know, Mm -hmm. price has gone up so much that you know so much of the stuff is overpriced. Mm -hmm. You know, and Uzi is. $12,000 Twelve to fifteen thousand dollars. Look, an mm-hmm. Uzi is an eight hundred dollar gun.
0: All and we're day. We're talking long. about a machine it's, gun.
3: Yeah, we're talking about yeah. a full auto. It's yeah. Realistically, it's mm-hmm. an eight hundred dollar gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're going for twelve to fifteen thousand dollars.
0: Okay. And those prices have gone up during all of this.
3: Uh, no, they've stayed flat mm-hmm. for about the last. Uh, the bottom fell out of the market about a year and a half ago. Okay, and it's been flat. Prices have been, you know, kind of waffling up and down. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you can find an Uzi for ten grand, and it's gone. You know, that day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, I just got one in from one of the dealers to rebuild, and he's got a sixteen thousand dollar price tag on it.
0: Wow. Okay. DCG-44 uh, says you can give him uh, all you want. I don't know. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: uh, you know, as far as the gunsmithing, mm-hmm. you know, right now I'm about 18 to 24-month turnaround time. hmm um, You know, I've, I've just stopped taking anything in. I just don't have time. I'm a one-man shop, and, you know, I'm working... You know, 16, 18 hours a day. And,
4: Mm -hmm.
3: you know, I just don't have time. Uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, Christian Grest is saying uh, transferable machine guns are way, way out of the reach of the normal person. What can we do about that? Let me see. Hmm maybe you get rid of the whole thing. how about NFA? we lift the
3: damn
2: manufacturing fan yeah. <laughs> how
0: about
2: have how about have donald trump sign the executive order to reduce to uh, repeal the uh hughes amendment yeah hit him yeah. up on twitter and tell him to repeal it
0: yeah, yeah. i'll go out and vote for him a uh, 100 times yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i mean depending on what state it is if they let you do that why not right um, let's let's go to some news here, unless someone has uh, someone else has something. I just want to jump into some news stuff out there, Holly. I'm not sure if you're aware of what goes on in the uh, social media, YouTube worlds, and all of that. Have you ever heard of Full Thirty?
1: No, I actually don't do a whole lot on social media.
0: Okay. Okay. So Full Thirty is one. There's a couple of different platforms out there that are alternatives to YouTube. Um, there's Gun Streamer, Full 30 is one of those. Probably it's an old, the Full 30 is an older one that's been out there. And if you're wondering why we would need alternatives to YouTube, lots of restrictions here on YouTube. Yeah. So, for example, we used to be able to do this show live and handle guns and stuff like that. Now they won't let us, uh, we can have them in the background, we can show pictures of them or video, but we can't touch them. You know? So, there's all those kinds of things going on. So, Full 30. Um, like I said, is one of the older ones, and um, it's in the news. Here's a uh, press release that Full 30 sent out uh, to Ameland News and some other places out there. It says, Full 30 Firearms Video Website Announces New Ownership and Management of um, uh, Full30.com has been fortunate enough to gain new ownership over the past few months, and we thought it was time to release an official statement on the subject for the sake of transparency. As with everything business-related, a lot has been happening behind the scenes that could not be openly discussed until negotiations and discussions were finalized. We are past this point now, and we're ready to discuss our ownership overhaul, and with it, our new management team... um, So, basically, it looks like um, there's a gentleman here that says, First, we would like to introduce everyone to Jeff Kirkham, which I've never heard of. I don't know if you guys have. Uh, Mm -hmm. The new majority owner of the platform, Jeff, spent 28 and a half years uh, within the United States Army Special Operations Community. After retiring from military service, Jeff Kirkham moved into the firearms community where he has spent the last decade of his life dedicated to improving the community in every way that he can. Uh, he's a firm believer in the industry that the industry needs a cohesive platform that connects content creators with manufacturers and provides both the uh, both with the digital infrastructure needed uh, for industry growth in today's new, ever-advancing technological world. So there you go. So Jeff Kirkham is the uh, owner of the platform there, and uh, Jared Markle is the, the CEO. So it says, next, we need to introduce Jared Markle, the new CEO of Full30, Jared Markle is the son of Professor Paul Markle from Student of the Gun. If you guys – I've heard of Student of the Gun out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've
1: been on that. I've been on a couple times.
0: Oh, so you know you know, uh, Jared and, and sure Paul, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I know them also. So congratulations to those guys, uh, full 30 under new ownership. I know, like you were yeah. saying, Holly, you don't spend a lot of time you know, in this, but if you've got an opinion on this or folks have an opinion, we could spend a little bit of time uh, All right, going but- over that. What's up?
3: Hank, Hank, do you know if they're going to open it up so you can
0: set up a channel? Um, Well, I'm already on there. I'm already on there, and I know they did open it up before so people to go, like, secure um, their names and things like that. So I hope now that they've got this new ownership going that they will open that up and people will, you know, be able to start posting their content. Um,
3: Yeah, because shortly after they opened, I tried to set up an account. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, on a channel and, oh, well, you can register the name, but you yes. can't do anything with it. It's yeah. like, well, you know, then it does no good.
0: Yeah, I feel we're going in a positive direction here. They're talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I hope we are. Yeah, so hopefully that will be something that will be set up and people will be able to get on there and start doing things. And I hope as well that they clean up a lot of stuff, get an app, you know, yeah. get an app that works for the iPhone and um, – And uh, what is that other thing that some people use? What is it called? Android. Oh, that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) For the Android user. Who uses Android out there? Not me. Any Android users? Anyone? No? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? No one. Uh, I I guarantee Huh? I'm still waiting
3: for him to come out for an app with the old desk phones.
0: Oh, right. That you
3: could slam down and you could beat somebody to death with.
0: No. <laughs> Those days are gone. You're going to have to register that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian Gress said, I registered for channel on Full 30 months ago, Still Crickets. I think they're working on this. Um, I've spoken to Jared through email. I, I, I uh, There's an open invite for anyone from Full 30 to come here on the podcast and we'll get into all this stuff and, and maybe try to get you guys' questions answered. But I think, you know, they, they're going in a positive excuse me, direction for that. So anyone Anyone else have anything on that, Dylan? Dylan looks like he doesn't have you, – you don't even know about the full 30s, do you?
3: <laughs> Dylan's like, uh,
0: what? Yeah. Dylan is one I'll of these – I'll be honest
2: m- with you. I stopped watching full 30 whenever, like, it changed hands, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because, okay. like, um, you know, there's just – just- I hate to say it, but there's just really not a huge point in me watching that over YouTube because I watch all my other stuff on YouTube, so I'm kind of lazy like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Understood. Understood. I hope they get their act together, and they're welcome to come on here, and we'll talk to them and get into that stuff. I'm looking around to see what other uh, news here. I'll throw this news up. This is some uh, interesting news. People trying to sneak guns past uh, the uh, TSA. Um, TSA finds artfully concealed assault rifle, which, uh, uh, okay, ammunition, arsenal, and a bag at Newark Airport. Oh, Newark Airport. Oh, God. Yeah. This is probably the number one place that people try to get stuff. So there's a picture here, and I guess what they did is these guys had, looks like an AR pistol, because I can see the, the just the buffer tube, an AR pistol. I can't see... Oh, it looks like it has a meme lower on it, (laughs) but an AR pistol, a loaded magazine, a bunch of boxes of ammo, actually several magazines, and they put it, you know, like under the lining of the suitcase, and they were trying to sneak this in. It says, two passengers were arrested Monday at Newark Airport after Transportation Security Administration officers caught an assault rifle with a high-capacity magazine, and an arsenal of ammunition all illegal in the state, artfully concealed behind the lining of a suitcase. According to TSA, the discovery was made Monday while officers were conducting screening operations of checked baggage at Newark Liberty International Airport. Terminal C, I've gone through through there. When the TSA officers detected the weapon uh, and ammunition, they immediately alerted the Port Authority police who tracked down the passenger, a resident of East Orange, and her traveling companion, who were in the terminal near the departing gate. So there you go. Can you imagine like that call that's like, you know, Mary Anderson, <laughs> you <laughs> left your AR-15.
3: <laughs>
0: Please come back to security. No way. <laughs> They're
3: supposed to put it in one of those lead-lined bags.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised that, you know, because they, they don't actually catch a lot of stuff. Have you guys no. ever seen those reports like when they test them? Yeah, Yeah, and they fail every time. Yeah, they have a high failure rate, like 80% that they don't actually catch things. So there you go. Um, just a top tip. Don't try to to hide AR-15s and loaded magazines in your luggage and get it on the plane. Holly?
1: Yeah, bad idea. Bad
0: yeah. idea. Yeah, there you go. So
1: what's- wrong
0: yes don't say we didn't warn you about that one um does that kind of stuff happen in connecticut do you guys see that on the news all the time
1: well every once in a while somebody will try to go through the airport and they're like i forgot that was there like how how do you forget that was there um one of the challenges that we have is we're so close to new york city so um you know we butt up right to it so there's a lot of challenges with flying in and out of new york city Mm -hmm. because we can't travel into new york city with Mm -hmm. your firearms Mm so um a lot of people have problems there um but not too many here in connecticut we only have uh we technically have i think two airports but i think everybody uses just one so it's it's a pretty small state you can cross our entire state in an hour and a half so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it is i had a friend one time that was an uber driver in connecticut and uh you know he's a veteran uh and anyway he was driving uber he had a glock in his backpack which i guess is fine you know in connecticut it was all good his passenger was going to new york city to harlem yeah so he took that passenger to harlem everything was all good and then he got pulled over he said this is how he said it so i'm just repeating what he told me he said he got pulled over for driving while white in harlem <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll do it so then he tells so he tells these guys so they're like oh do you have any weapons so he tells them that he does because you know he's a good guy he's trying to do the right thing you know he's, his
2: first mistake yeah, yeah. He's, so lie
0: lie he's got this backpack and and you know like these backpacks where you can conceal you know you can conceal your pistol or whatever he's got one of those they can't find it because they take it, and they're going through all through the backpack, and they cannot find that thing. So he eventually shows them. I'm not going to show them anything.
4: Oh,
0: my God. You know? <laughs> so he shows them, and of course they arrest him and seize it and all that. And and I know they released him in a couple of days, but they held on to the gun, and he's trying to get the gun back. But you'll never get that back from New York. It's never, um, ever going to happen. Oh. So,
3: uh, They took it home with them.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, New York, I think, has... I think New York destroys that stuff, right? No, they take it home with them. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows with the New Yorkers? So, um, any news out there that you guys have seen that's kind of, like, caught your interest? Anything that you're upset about going on in the news? You, Holly? Well, I mean, I think the Missouri couple...
1: Um, with, I, guess, I think that's got I think everybody a little bit on edge. Like, gosh, if I can't even... Mm-hmm. walk into my front yard like, and just come on to my private property, uh, where is that going to end? So that's going to be an interesting case to watch that unravel.
0: Yeah. What did you, so when you, uh, when you first saw the this whole thing that went down in St. Louis with this couple, right, like the rest of us, what did you, what were your thoughts on that? Because uh, we've talked about that here before, but I'm interested in knowing what what you thought when you saw that.
1: Um, maybe just a little bit more sugar discipline and some and things like that i mean obviously you know we talk about some of the basics so look i get it. i haven't been in that position where somebody's walked up on my house and i would hope that i would have you know a little bit more muzzle discipline and, and and things like that but you know i i haven't been there so i know that there's there a degree of um i don't know i guess it's your um uh, adrenaline like, mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know but I, I you know i would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more uh control but at the end of the day when we're talking about the bigger picture i, I certainly think that they were well within their right to stop somebody from coming into their
3: home
0: oh absolutely um so yeah. now go go ahead what are you gonna say rich
3: oh you know you know me you know and mm. i've had you know, people come up on my property mm-hmm. and muzzle right at their head, round in the chamber, trigger half pull.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Go ahead and move.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The only way I want to see you move is to hell off my property.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think these people were well within their rights. It's yeah. unfortunate that they're being charged. I think at the end of the day, it's political no one got oh, hurt yeah. out of the protesters or whatever and and uh, right. they didn't get hurt themselves the funny thing is and i want to i'd like to see what you guys and specifically what holly thinks about this what do you think about the fact that the wife the gun that she had was inoperable
1: oh yeah i mean there's
4: i That's
1: mean totally I'm it. i, I go <laughs> i mean like, I can't. but i mean you <laughs> know what she had some chutzpah for being there, Hutzpah, right? That's you a good know. way to
0: put it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I give her that, yeah. but like, I, you know, it's a that's one of those things,
4: you
0: know. I think your voice is going really low. I'm not sure what's uh we're losing your really? voice there, Holly. Yeah.
4: Am
0: yeah, I okay? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's me. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think it speaks to having your equipment, being ready, being familiar with your equipment, you mm-hmm. know, knowing um, that you are ready in a moment's notice to use it. And that's just basic training. But, you mm-hmm. know, um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that would have hid and called the police. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I respect them. Um, I respect them for standing their ground. Um, and then hopefully it's an opportunity for others to learn about how to get even better at that.
0: Yeah. I don't think they had I don't think they should have hidden. And I believe that Missouri has uh, stand your ground. They yeah, do. They, they yeah. Do. Um, I, I they think... also
2: have constitutional carry, I believe.
0: They do. OK. And I think it's unfortunate that that gun was inoperable. And I believe because I was reading that when the police went to take the AR, um, the AR itself was not loaded and they found no ammo on that premises, which suggests that the AR was also not loaded. Yeah, that's
3: that's that's bad news. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Go ahead.
2: They are very fortunate that they didn't get hurt from that because, you know, pulling a firearm with no ammunition Mm -hmm. is really asking for trouble. Um, You know, my opinion, and I'm like you, Holly, I give them hats off for defending themselves. I thought they made a mistake letting them get too close to their property. I mean, that's my whole thing. You know, like if I'm walking away, you know, if I'm out in public and there's a mob coming to me, I'm going to walk away. But when I'm at home, there's nowhere to hide. And if there's a mob coming to me, I'm not letting them get close enough Mm -hmm. to where they can come into my house.
0: Mm -hmm. I believe that these guys were just trying to intimidate those guys. And I don't think these are real gun folks. I know that the pistol pistol that they had, the reason why they had that pistol is because, you know, they're both lawyers. And they're suing a firearms manufacturer and they're using that pistol as a prop in the courtroom. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, that's true. You can you can look it up. You can it's that's 100% oh, Lord. true. So <laughs> Oh wow. Oh
3: god.
0: Yeah. So that's what was going on there and I believe that these guys cuz they were saying from the beginning they they were shocked that people were coming down on them, you know, and I really think they're on the other side. Now, I I don't that doesn't affect what I think. I still believe they had the right to defend their home, you know, and I believe that even what they did, because they didn't know what was going to happen. Maybe they thought these people were coming there to smash up their house for all they know. And they were trying – I think they were trying to intimidate those guys and have them keep moving on and not do anything to their home. It's really dangerous to like – the way they were really trying to push people, you know, you could have created the problem by doing that, but – Ultimately, I think it's kind of interesting that these guys are more in the other camp. They're more like in the anti-gun camp, I mean. And and it's it's interesting that they got offered 50 ARs as replacements mm-hmm. from the industry when <laughs> these guys as a business they make money suing people. Fine, you know, lawyers, I guess it's legal to be a lawyer. But they're actually kind of like anti-the industry or making money off of the industry. And they had these guns and they weren't real operable guns, or at least the AR-15, if it was operable, was uh, not loaded. And I saw saw the gentleman on Fox News and he was saying, now I read in newspaper articles that they did not find that gun loaded and they did not find ammo in, in the home. And he was saying that people will find out later some interesting things about the AR. We're probably going to find out that, you know, there's going to be confirmation that that AR was not loaded. And therefore, these charges they're trying to file are really kind of like null and void because there was no way that they could have actually hurt anyone.
4: Wow.
0: You know, so. she
1: what just going to be on social media more.
0: Yeah.
2: They they are lucky that one of those protesters was not carrying a firearm and did not call their bluff on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah. I hate to say that, but,
4: you know.
0: Yeah. I think yeah, everyone, everyone's lucky in this situation. Everyone got off good, except that obviously they're pressing charges on them, which they shouldn't.
2: Well, I saw something where the where the Missouri uh, I saw from Jared of uh, Guns and Gadgets where mm-hmm. I think uh, the Missouri Attorney General is looking to dismiss those charges. I don't know if that's happened yet, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to get
3: dismissed. That's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah the attorney,
3: Rich. the Attorney General. Wants to dismiss the charges, and the governor said he'll pardon uh,
0: them. Okay,
3: <laughs> if they get charged,
0: yeah, for using fake guns to defend their yeah. home or unloaded guns. However, I guess you want to look at that. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, does yeah. anyone out there care care about HK? Anyone into HKs? Anyone own any HKs? <laughs> Say that again. I have
1: an HK. I have a piece
0: of okay, very nice, very nice. So it looks like HK has changed hands officially. Do you guys see that?
2: Yep, they yeah. got bought out.
0: Yeah, Heckler and Coke. I gotta say it right because people will get really upset and carry on out there. Heckler and Coke under new ownership. It uh, looks like uh, so you can go through this thing. Basically, they've been given approval um, by the government to uh, uh different companies taking taking them over. I don't know if that's gonna have do you think this is gonna make uh H and K more consumer friendly? No. Yeah. Face to Hank, face it. Yeah. <laughs> I know they, yeah. know
3: they they hate all of us. Yeah, so H no. <laughs> K is
2: the European version of Colt. They they do everything yeah. possible to not listen to the
3: consumer.
4: Mm-hmm. And And they only
3: sell to the consumer when they don't have any military sales. Exactly. And then they run back to the consumer. Oh, we love you. We love you. I get the hell out of here.
0: Buy our guns. Buy our guns. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm looking for some other. There's a bunch of stuff. I saw that there were a bunch of uh, kids, actually, that got arrested. Uh, Here we go. Here's the story. This is interesting. This is in the gun world. Uh, Five UPS employees arrested for stealing guns from incoming packages. Okay. Uh, No, not UPS. Yes, UPS. Uh, This is in Lexington, South Carolina. A gun theft ring at Midland's UPS hub uh, was busted last week by Lexington County deputies. The guns were stolen from incoming packages at the shipping company's hub in West Columbia. Um, they've, they're, they're giving out the kids' names here. One's 19, 19, let's see, 18, 18, 19. They all face charges of breach of trust. Um, and then some of them were charged with criminal conspiracy. UPS's security team notified the Lexington, Lexington County Sheriff's Department that guns were being stolen from incoming trucks. L.C.S.D. says um, two of them devised a plan and that all five men sold the guns or gave them away while on company time. Uh, Investigators arrested them at the UPS Hub Thursday. They've been released from Lexington County Detention Center after meeting conditions of their bond. Which I always think that's interesting. When when people do stuff like this, you know, um, they get they get bond. If it was us as gun guys... Under the prison.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but UPS has stole more guns than anyone else in the last 50 years.
4: Yeah. You
3: yeah. know, that's that's just what they do. You know, yeah. it's bad when ATF tells you, mm-hmm. oh, when you're going to be shipping guns, don't put your company name on the package. Mm. Because people will see that and they'll steal the gun. Yeah. At UPS.
0: So have any of you guys ever been through that? Like something was a gun a firearm yeah. supposed to get shipped out to your FFL or whatever? I'm an FFL, so stuff comes directly to me. Have you guys ever had that, that it never got there? Someone yep. somewhere along the line stole it? Really?
3: Oh, yeah. I've had it happen with BWE. And I was at Inter Arms in the 90s, mm-hmm. and ATF worked on a case for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. The UPS driver who picked up from Interarms, and I mean, we filled that truck every night. Mm -hmm. He would take the truck to his house or his boss's house, unload the truck into his boss's garage, Mm. take the truck back to UPS, his boss would bury the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And he was doing this at least once or twice a
0: week. And they thought no one was going to figure that out?
3: No, this – well, no, it's also before everything was computerized. Mm-hmm, this right. is in the nineteen oh. mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and ATF, brilliant ATF, investigated it for two and a half years <laughs> before they had enough evidence. Right. You know, when they finally busted the guy in inner arms, I'm like – he takes one truckload you go over and shoot him in the head and be done with it yeah what is the problem
0: yeah you know what the problem is rich you're not oh, running yeah. the world that's what the problem
3: yeah well <laughs> if, if, if i was running the world there would
0: be uh, rich is that old <laughs> west justice <laughs> <laughs> um Holly- Polly um, is like, oh boy.
3: Hey, <laughs> Not hey, even
0: going to comment on Holly's that one. Like, who the hell is
3: the psychopath <laughs> you've got uh, on the show? Polly yeah,
0: thinking, uh, you know, we disavow any knowledge.
4: <laughs>
0: we don't know anything. We don't know anything about what's going on. It's too bad. Listen, these kids have ruined their life, but,
3: yeah.
0: you know, they've ruined their life. And I, I don't know how they think in these current times you could do stuff like this and get away with it. Um, you know, that's, that's actually not, uh, easy. So easy anymore. Everything, every single thing's being tracked.
1: If you, we have a vehicle safe storage law and it just reminds me of it like exactly the same track, but, mm-hmm. um, we have a vehicle safe storage law and if you leave your firearm in your vehicle and it's unattended, it has to be in a safe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, firearm gets stolen out of your car you lose your permit for life you're done son whoa like
0: how's it like okay so when did this go into effect in connecticut i'm just curious
1: uh we got it last legislative session so if it's a like if i let's say i want to go to the post office Mm -hmm. but i go to the post office because that's federal property you have to leave
0: your gun in the car.
1: You have to leave it in the car. Well, yeah. now you have to leave it in a safe. So if I didn't leave it in a safe and it gets stolen, it's on me. I'm not allowed to like give up your permit, give up your guns. You are done. You're not getting it back.
0: So if you put it in a safe in your car and it still gets stolen, then what?
1: I think you're saying, I haven't had, we haven't seen it happen yet that I know of. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We see it. Every once in a while, I don't want to say that it's rampant. It's not a mm-hmm. rampant problem, but we do see it every once in a while that somebody, you know, I know somebody who um, went to the range, firearm was in a backpack,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Left, forgot the backpack was in the back seat, went to bed, car gets broken into that night, firearm gets taken. Permit mm-hmm. is gone forever. Not wow. only the, it was his brother's gun, they both lost their permit. Wow. Um. The one who the reg- the gun was registered to and the first mm. and his brother who he loaned the in, gun to. And the guy that
2: stole the gun probably got, they probably let him right out of jail.
1: Slap on the wrist, right. So we actually, CCDL, when that bill was coming forward, so we have a very, like we get it, the legislative makeup, right? So mm. if you know that you've got a vast majority that are anti-2A, you work to find ways that you can at least get an amendment in to make the bill better. So, are um, the legislators on our side proposed a bill? But we, I swear to God, this is true story. Proposed a, an amendment to the bill that said, "Okay, fair enough. If the if this bill is going to pass and they're going to have to put their guns in a safe in the vehicle, can we at least make the penalty harsher on the thief mm-hmm. than the gun owner?" Right. The amendment failed. I swear to God, the amendment failed. It is harsher on the gun owner in the state of Connecticut yep. if your gun got stolen than on the thief who took
2: it. Yeah. Well, that, that tells you where their priorities are.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's where we are nowadays, man. That's where we are nowadays, right? Like, they're releasing criminals. Did Connecticut let people out of jail over COVID-19? I,
1: I know they were talking about it. I don't know if they actually did. There was a whole discussion, actually, I was just reading in the news today. I think it was a um, ACLU was involved in a lawsuit, and they came to some agreement, but they didn't release prisoners. But I do believe that earlier on they did. But, you know, you so much information out there i know um i know it was in the pressure
0: yeah but there's a lot of places that did release prisoners right california definitely did um i believe florida released some people you're releasing florida people did. huh
3: florida did
0: yeah florida did so you're releasing criminals and then the law-abiding citizens you're looking for ways to lock them up yep. and put them in prison you know, then you release criminals and there's people out there smashing things, burning everything up. Um, even the people. So I've got no problem with people protesting. I wish more gun guys protested. Fine. But the people that are that are rioting and destroying things, they're getting right out of prison.
3: Yeah. And my question about this whole protesting, rioting thing. hmm. What if we had a Second Amendment rally And we started firebombing places and throwing Molotov cocktails and bricks and everything else. We'd all be shot.
0: Yeah, you'd be introduced to some black helicopters with uh, machine guns on them real fast. Yep. (laughs) You know, um, it's I, I don't know. This is a weird kind of thing that's going on here so you lose so so, it, and then you don't know if in the law if you said so what if you just go like hey in my backpack there was a safe I put it in a safe I don't know what the criminal did
3: they took the safe
0: yeah you know yep. is that uh, is that a defense I don't know I'm <laughs> <laughs>
1: laid out that somebody had the safe and it got stolen, um, and it's only for the for handguns. It's not for long guns. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I do anticipate that there will be a, a bill for long guns, but I think it's harder for them to figure out how to tell somebody out to have a safe if it's a long gun in your Prius, <laughs> you know, so yeah. they're still working on a way to make that happen. Um, so as that plays out, I can keep you posted, but I'm yet to see a situation where somebody said it was in a safe and it still got stolen. Um, I would argue that it's more likely to get stolen out of... Now, mind you, there's no requirement that the safe be mounted to the vehicle in Mm -hmm. any way, shape, or form. So it doesn't have to be welded down. It doesn't have to be bolted in. So if you have, like, a little bulldog safe sitting Mm -hmm. on the front seat versus you had your gun and you threw your coat on top of it, which one's more likely to, like, trigger a smash and grab? Are they going to grab the (laughs) safe? Right, you know?
0: Come on. (laughs) Something valuables well, yeah. right there. <laughs>
1: exactly. So I'm almost like this makes no sense. Yeah. But, yeah and well,
0: you can't stop. Those safes are not super secure. Come on. No. no. Come on. Yeah. They saw them down on the ground once, and they crack yeah. right open. Th- that doesn't make any sense. So what? So in your home, if someone uh, breaks into your home and steals something, this doesn't apply, right? This is only in the car. Correct. That's, yeah.
1: Vehicle safe stay- store. Yeah. We have, we have firearms have fire if you have a minor in the home, but that's that's different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if somebody breaks into your house and steals your gun. It's not the same.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. DCG forty four says the car is a safe, which is true. It's safe. It's a lot. It's a locked place. so. Okay.
1: Actually, no. And even a glove box is not satisfactory um, unless it's a plastic glove
4: box. It was the, the
1: But yeah, you can't just put it in your glove box. You can't. It's got to be uh, an actual safe.
0: Wow. And uh, Kermit Loves Bacon says, in Connecticut, an average of 70% of firearm charges get nullified. They yeah. are truly worried about uh, stopping crime, uh, or are they truly worried about stopping crime from Kermit Loves Bacon? Wow, 70%? It's
1: really high, yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's probably a pretty accurate number. Um, most individuals who are arrested in this state, so you know, look, Oh, state state. somebody gets pulled over a gang member and they have a mm-hmm. standard capacity magazine they're probably much more likely to have that charge dismissed than if i had a standard capacity magazine as a law-abiding gun owner
0: yeah that no, makes a lot of sense it's yeah, that's, yeah that's craziness so the gangbanger who illegally has the gun <laughs> you know they yeah they won't do anything to them wow um, and then I think Kermit Loves-Bacon says police and security guards are exempt from storage laws in Connecticut, FYI. Yeah, of what's
1: interesting about that, uh, was it just a week and a half ago an officer had his firearm stolen from his table, um, mm-hmm. and the reason why they said that law enforcement didn't need to abide by this law is because they had precautions in place that would make it impossible for it to happen.
0: So, uh, um, <laughs> one, hold on a second. Can we get in the time machine and go back to the point where it did happen? Yeah. yeah. Law enforcement has
2: more guns stolen from them than
0: citizens. do. I know. Yeah. Wow. The
1: thing is, and it's not anything about not supporting law enforcement, it's that humans are humans.
0: Mm -hmm. And a target of
1: a crime is a target of a crime. And it's, you know, and and no one person should be on a pedestal above anybody else.
0: Right. Exactly. 100% agree with you. Um, As a matter of fact, we were going to have our friend JP of Blue Rifle Society come on, who he's a police officer in Connecticut. We were going to have him come on tonight, but apparently his wife would not let him out. He's not allowed. (laughs) The wife, but okay, I'm just making fun of him. <laughs> I think he's on vacation, and uh, he said he was going to do it, and then his wife was like, "No, not on vacation." So and that's, then he had his gun stolen. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. But I yeah. Sometimes you want
3: to challenge him sometime on your show. It
1: would be great because there is a yeah. it's so interestingly dynamic between gun owners and law enforcement, and, and I. I, I know look uh, me up, you'll find that I've written for Law Enforcement Today, which is a big um, law enforcement media site. And, and I, I do very much, rep, you know, I respect those that are willing to put their lives in the line of duty and in danger and all of that stuff. But I think what's really interesting, and I, you know, I sure hope I phrased this the right way, but, but gun owners could be their greatest allies, but Mm -hmm. when you constantly run into problems where the local police department isn't fingerprinting on time, or they're not issuing the documents that they should be doing, or they're making it harder for gun owners to, to do their thing, um, we really could have such a tremendous relationship if it wasn't for this sometimes this and this idea sometimes i think comes from our legislators where this class is put above this class right mm-hmm. we're all in we all have the same capacity to handle that firearm i mean i think you know that any any avid gun owner is spending more time at the range than your your average officer that's just qualifying you know given there's exceptions to to mm-hmm. everything But, man, I would love to see the firearms community and the law enforcement community have more of a dialogue because there just isn't enough of it. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, I think sometimes we're seen as like these Rambos. And then on the flip side, we kind of sometimes see them as like, you know, elitists. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, if we could just say, you know, respect me as I respect you. um, And I certainly, you know, um, I've been criticized for being too pro law enforcement. Um, But I definitely get it that that there's a lot of frustration out there from gun owners when they're treated as lesser than, um, and it shouldn't be that way. And it's our legislators that often set that up.
0: Absolutely. I agree with that. I I think um, he's been on in the past we've had some of those discussions i would have i I think that's what lola was trying to set up that we thought it would have been really interesting to have that and i know um in the past when he's been on for example to go along with what you're saying in connecticut police officer law enforcement is um you know they're exempt from some of these laws that the other because to me law enforcement is citizens they're not like you know, they're they're also citizens, but they're exempt from some of the firearms laws yeah. that those guys are. So this is kind of weird. And in, in the light of this, like you. So a regular a, a citizen in, in Connecticut. Um, you know, keeps their gun in their car for whatever reason, someone breaks in there and steals it, they lose their right to defend themselves after that. A police officer does the same thing. They're okay. You know, the police officer can buy this kind of gun, That this person can't buy that kind of gun. It shouldn't be that way. If Everyone should be subject to that. It's a lot of what we went through here in America when we try to fix health care, which I think, okay, maybe there was some room to get it fixed, but when you give... When you force everyone to have to go under this thing, except the politicians, you know, then you don't fix anything. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah you you, know. tr- you treat the you treat the politicians and the police like royalty, while the rest of us are just peasants. That makes you know yeah. that makes it yeah yeah
3: puts a bad taste in your mouth.
2: I
1: hate I'm not to make Connecticut out to be as bad as well it really is, but Connecticut does not have sheriffs. So the rest of all y'all get to elect mm-hmm. some degree of law enforcement. We have no say whatsoever in our state regarding law enforcement. So I think what we're one of. I think there's only two states that don't have sheriffs, and we're one of them. Um, so we have. I think
2: Rhode Island's the other state. I could be
1: wrong. You, you know, it's bananas because we don't. Like if, if you're not happy with something that's going on that is law enforcement related in your in your county or whatever it may be, you can change that person um, here in Connecticut. So let's say, for example, um, we talked about sanctuaries. So with sanctuary cities, um, a lot of other areas or other states, their sheriff stepped in and said, we're not going to enforce there. Mm -hmm. We have no such department that speaks for us. Mm -hmm. So in the state of Connecticut, if we were to have a sanctuary city, the governor can simply just put state troopers in our town and that's it. Mm -hmm. No, there is no law enforcement that we have any say in how they represent us. And I think that makes it harder um, in the state of Connecticut. And if there's one thing that I think could come out of all of this, you know, whatever side you're on with it, back the blue or defund police, whatever. Talk about having some representation in who is your law enforcement. And I think we need to bring the sheriff's department back.
0: Yeah. Can you, um, do you, are you aware of uh, how Connecticut got rid of the sheriff's department? How did that happen?
1: It was in the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. From what I understand, it was long before my time I was still watching tiny news, but um, they made to some- <laughs> bad decisions and um back in the 90s connecticut got rid of their their sheriff's department so again you know guys we can be a precautionary tale for the rest of america like if you've got some legislator that goes hey we could save money we could defund police if we cut the sheriffs let Mm -hmm. me tell you what it's like 30 years later when you haven't had a voice in law enforcement
4: yeah absolutely. absolutely Yeah.
1: It's a police state, um, and it's not any knock on the and the really good officers that are on the on the beat. We have CCDL members who are officers, and I respect them tremendously because those are the officers that abide by the. But when times do get tough, and and the law-abiding citizens are ticked off that they don't have a voice, it's because mm-hmm. it's been decades that we haven't had a voice.
0: Yeah, and and like you said already. You don't have that ability to fight back by putting up some, you know, putting up some barricades or whatever and saying this is a sanctuary. I know like here in Florida, my particular county that I live in is a two-way sanctuary, you know, so I don't know about you guys. I think that is a good thing. At least we have that, like you said, that we could fall back on that if other things happen. At least we know we're not in that fight. On our own, um, Holly. In the time that we have, we got about fifteen minutes here. I'll be happy to take questions from people out there if they have it. But I'd like to ask you. You know, we're talking about a lot of the problems here with Connecticut. Um, can you give us some ideas of things that you would like to see that could maybe turn Connecticut around? Because it, it's a beautiful state. I like I, I, I like Connecticut actually, right? So how can we turn that around and and make Connecticut great again, so to speak? What can we do to to do that?
1: answer is that the populace needs to be involved in the elections it's that simple the rules that we have are a result of an Mm anti-legislature if the makeup of the legislature were different and people were putting pressure on the people who are in office we could change it we could change a variety of things not just the second amendment issues it would be fiscal responsibility all of those things People have somehow forgotten how powerful we are. Mm -hmm. We are. They work for us. It's not the other way around. We are not their subjects. We are not their servants. They work for us. So change who sits in that seat. So if it means getting into communities that maybe you haven't been involved in in the past, go outside your comfort zone. Look, I get it. A couple years ago, you know, I would be hard-pressed to go knock on doors of people I don't know, just go do it and make friends with the people that are doing it alongside you because they're the greatest people you're ever going to meet, meet. But if you want to change the way that the state is going, you have to be involved in the political process. Going to the polls and voting is not enough in a state like this. Going to the polls, voting, and changing 10 more votes with you, that's how you get it done.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good point. What do you yeah. guys think, uh, Richard, Dylan? What do you guys think? What, what do you say to that? Don't everyone think, speak all one
2: time? <laughs> I think she's. I think that uh, you're exactly right. And Hank, I heard you say this a few weeks on the show. You know, this election we hear every four years, people say it's the most important election of our lifetime. But with with recent events, I mean, um, we have got to stack the courts in our favor because, to me, that 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 is the route that we've got to stack the courts in our favor. Because that's the only way some of these other states um, are really going to be able to um, get a lot of their rights back Mm -hmm. um, just because of the makeup of the legislator.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think – go ahead, Richard. Did you want to add something here?
3: Yeah, you know, we – one, we got to get out and we got to vote. And we got to get, you know,
0: the rhinos
3: and the Democrats out, you know. And it's not only – The Supreme Court, we need to get justices in. It's the local courts Mm -hmm. we need to get justices, you know, pro Second Amendment justices in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd personally like to see bringing back tar and feathering, but, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: if we can talk about that'll work too.
0: Yeah, I think, like Holly said, we need to not just take ourselves out there. We need to try to figure out how to get to wake up other people and activate yeah. other people. Um, in a state like Connecticut, so I've seen this, Holly, you could tell me if I'm wrong here. A lot of the people I know in Connecticut, so first of all, businesses uh, in the firearms industry, they're suffering. Okay, the Supreme Court is ignoring our plight. And not taking up 2 a cases, but in the industry, they're suffering. They're like laying off people, cutting back staff. The people who are there working overtime, they can't buy this thing. They're in a state that they're paying a lot of taxes. I know people, as soon as they can retire, they're leaving Connecticut, right? So so the people in Connecticut, for example, but around the country that are there, that you can't go anywhere. And even like we said in the beginning of this, where are you going to go? Ultimately, all these people are going to move to those places and mess them up. You have to stand up and fight and resist. You know, one of the things that you could do with this stuff is go, no, I don't care what laws you make. I'm not going to comply with them. Yeah. You know, but you have to stand up and fight back and resist this and don't be complacent to what's going on here. These things, they're they're basically ruining the country. It seems to me like uh, and I'm not just trying to say people on the left. Uh, I'm incredibly disappointed in what's going on, even in the folks on the right who are supposed to be conservative, they're supposed to be patriots, they're supposed to believe in the Constitution, and I don't see them standing up. And when we're all in a situation where those guys are not standing up, then we have to stand up and we have to say no. If the Supreme Court says I'm not, we're not going to take up two-way cases, we have to go, okay, this is what you're making us do. Because you're yep. not standing up for the constitution. So we're we're gonna we're gonna resist, we're gonna push back, and we're gonna say no to that stuff.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where CEL really is very involved in the election process. Mm-hmm. If you come to us and say, look, I only have four hours to give this entire quarter, I know it's not a lot, we will make the best use of those four hours. Um, You know, we can we can get you in touch with candidates that you can make calls right from the app on your phone. You don't have to knock doors. But if we don't change the way that people are voting in this state, we're never going to change the laws. Right. It's truly that simple. And if we can just flip some more seats. We don't have to be afraid every every session that we're only going to lose. We can actually start looking forward to pro two a bills. There are. We have legislators who put forward bills on tax incentives for buying safes. Um, We have legislators that have put forward, you know, all kinds of different ideas on how to make things better for gun owners. We can't carry a firearm in a state park right now, even if a bear attacks us. We can't have a firearm with us. We put forward all kinds of bills to start to try to give gun owners those rights back. But until we support the legislators that support us, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: we're never going to gain any ground. So for the folks, and I get it. There's a lot of time that's spent, you know, on the computer or or, or or watching Netflix or whatever it is. Everybody's got 24 hours in their day. What are you doing to help the cause? Because it's time. If you're at the point where you're so frustrated that you know gun rights in this state suck, and I'm going to move. Well, what did you do to fix it? Like, how far did you go? Because each one of us, if we all did it, we could truly make a difference. And we say all the time. Because a lot of the time, and I hate to say it, I'm sure anybody who's been involved in an organization knows this: people go, "Your group needs to do this," mm-hmm. and we go, "Okay, well, there's only so much of us, and yeah. there's only so much." Us, right? You're
0: abdicating your responsibility. What do you, right, right. you know? Like, not you guys. You guys are obviously out there giving your life to this and fighting. And and look, it's great that people support financially. You actually have to get out there and fight. Mm-hmm. There's things that you can do even if you can't leave your home. You could share stuff online. You could you yeah. could reach out to people online and help get them activated or get those people contributing things or find other people who can do things. We have to do something here. Um, to tell me this, Holly, so in your dealings here, is the Republican Party supporting um, candidates that are pro uh, second amendment, pro constitution? Some uh-huh.
1: are I mean, I
0: think we can- Okay.
1: We definitely have some Republicans in this state that don't vote with us, and that's Mm -hmm. where CCDL is nonpartisan, so we don't really care what party you come from. Mm -hmm. That's why it's not enough to just look at the party and assume that they vote pro-2A, because in this state, they certainly don't. Mm -hmm. If you come to CCDL, we're going to tell you your legislator and whether they actually supported your gun bills, or if they didn't, whatever, you know, or if they were anti.
0: Okay, so you guys have some, like, Democrats, uh, blue dog Democrats then?
1: We we have had Mm -hmm. uh, we have had Democrats that are in more rural districts that have voted Mm or abdicated from they've conveniently been unavailable, mm-hmm. right? So their yeah. voting record doesn't show that they vote mm-hmm. one way or another. They're conveniently unavailable. Mm-hmm. That's what CCBL has really, really put. I mean, we've put hundreds of hours of work into showing that we can provide a system to people to say, this is how they speak with their vote, not just their words. Mm-hmm. This is what they actually do.
0: Yeah. I think that the folks out there that are fighting you guys are very well organized, very well funded. Um, you know, they've just got a real machine here going for it, and so we've got to decide, you know, what are we going to do here? Carmet Loves Bacon says, ask Holly about the outreach program in Connecticut. So, what's the outreach program?
1: So, the outreach program, I touched on it a little bit, a little while ago, but mm-hmm. really, we have kind of, picture like a treaty, um, essentially, you have a town captain in that town, and that town captain will let us know what's going on in that district, if there's a, a municipality that's going to pass a anti-gun ordinance, we pass it up the chain. So just kind of give you an idea of how this went. I'm at a board meeting. Somebody texts me that they got word that at a selectman's meeting, they're trying to pass an anti-gun ordinance. I put it out to outreach. They distribute it down their channel. And boom, within you know a couple of days notice, we have hundreds of people showing up to give testimony. So the quicker the information gets to us, the quicker the outreach team can mobilize it back down to the people in that community so that they can fight it. We are far more powerful than we give ourselves credit for, and I mean gun owners in general. Mm-hmm. Um, in the state of Connecticut, it's like if you take out children and felons, one in eight people in the state has their permit. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people. That's a that is a strong vote. And if we all used it, and we used it not just at the polls. But to mobilize other people, we're forced to be reckoned with. But people have to get out from behind what they're doing. If it's watching Netflix or hanging out and saying, look, if I can put four hours into Netflix, I can put one hour into the Second Amendment cause.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with that. Dylan or Rich, do you guys want to interject here? Uh, I'm going to take that as a uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta frozen, be, that's what it is. got to be faster on the draw than that. Armament and Axis says she keeps forgetting to say we can't legally carry. Um, do you have any idea what that's about? Armament and Axis, you're going to have to tell us what that means. Are you talking about Holly? Because I'm not sure what exactly uh, you're talking about there, Armament and Axis. So let us know what's up with that. I don't understand that. Because you can, you can legally carry, right? Yeah. So I'm not really sure. And is Armament and Axes in Connecticut? I didn't think he was in Connecticut. So I'm not sure if that's relative or that's like another conversation um, going on there. So once again, um, you know, can you tell the folks out there what they can do to help Connecticut Citizens Defense League? Um, you know, what, how are the ways that they can reach out to you guys? How are the ways that they can help? And also I'm going to add and a new question to this, how can people in their states figure out how to create something like CCDL?
1: Yeah, so to reach us at ccdl.us is our website. I think you've already shared it with us at our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Email me, president at ccdl.us. we could always use donations. I'm not going to beat around the bush. We're, we're involved in legislation, um, or I'm sorry, when we're involved in litigation, it gets tremendously expensive. So, any donations are tremendously um, appreciated. But I realize not everybody can. So, if it's your time, you don't have to be in the state of Connecticut to be a member. Get involved if we submit testimony, um, help us with testimony, submitting testimony to the legislature when a bill comes up, we will send you action alerts. something's going on so when we need help from our membership an email comes out and it says action alert and keep an eye out for those but you'll get them by signing up on our website at ccdl.us and then what was your last
0: question
1: again
0: the other thing is for let's say the folks are out there and in their state there isn't something like ccdl how do they figure out how to do that or start something like that so they can fight back in their state
4: definitely
1: Arizona citizens, you know, there's a whole bunch of us out there. When we do talk, um, you know, I, I, I've kept in touch with uh, Philip when everything was going on down in Virginia, and uh, it's been it, it's interesting to share ideas. Um, really just go out and, and hit to the internet. And if you find that you can't find something, just email me and I'll find it for you, especially as a member of the DC project. That's 50 women from 50 States. I literally have a network of like the most amazing women in America. Um, not trying to be biased, but they're absolutely phenomenal. So we have 50 women in 50 States. If you can't find your state level organization, email me, I'll find it and get it back. Get back. Yeah, to
0: you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're very proud of <laughs> what you got, of what the DC project is doing, what you're doing. And uh, we're, I'm happy to have a, a woman from every single state come on here and represent. But people from any state, if you're trying to do something like this and, uh, and you're trying to represent, you want to come on here and talk about it and, and see what we can do to help you out. Uh, Armament and axes? I still don't know what you're talking about. So he says that he's in Ohio. Congratulations to you. You're in Ohio. I still don't know what you meant. So you're gonna have to like clarify that um, at some point here. Okay, so listen. Let's do let's do this. We're at the nine o'clock hour. Um, I think this has been pretty great. We got a lot of information out of Holly, um, and we figured it was she she told us there how uh, you guys can keep in touch with her. Let's do this with uh, Rich. Rich, how can the folks keep up with you? You know, let's say they want to know like how, where your lawn is, so they can come up on your lawn. You know, well, okay, want
3: to come up on my lawn? <laughs> go, you look up Hank Strange. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> and you crash down his gate. <laughs> no,
0: don't crash down my gate. <laughs> uh,
3: you can uh, go to my website, BWEFirearms.com. You can, I'm also on, okay, let me see if I can get this.
4: hmm
3: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, mines. hmm what else is
0: there? A parlor, all the, well, parlor, parlor, yeah.
3: Uh, uh, Gunstreamer, and they're all a variation of BWE Firearms. You put in BWE Firearms, and uh, my ugly puss show up.
0: All right, all right, thanks. There you go. Um, so let's go to Young Dylan. You gotta uh, angle your camera down here a little bit so we can all see. You. Oh, there Sorry. you go. All right. So Dylan, <laughs> how can the folks keep in touch with you? Because uh, I'm guessing you still haven't come up with social media or anything like that. Yeah, that's
3: right
2: and now and now i got other some of my other friends are on me to be on it now so i'm being forced to be on on yeah. instagram pretty soon yeah. uh, so uh anytime uh my name's dill spec 816 in the chat if you hear me ever uh sometimes i comment but um if you ever want to call the store that i work at everything can still carry in louisville kentucky uh, for any of your firearms or ammo needs um please feel free to i know there's a lot of places you can buy guns and ammo from and um you're always welcome to call me just to say hi if you want to. Um, I answer the phone a lot. Uh, our number is 502-657-8488. And um, I will be getting an Instagram very soon. It's just not yes. right now.
0: Yeah, and make been, sure make sure when, when you go in there, to get make sure you get that Dilspec Dil discount. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> get that discount from Dilspec. Okay, listen, I want to thank everyone, Holly thanks so much for coming on this is this has been great um any final words that you want to get out here to the folks before we get out of here really just
1: you know you know you never know what's right around the corner and if you think you live in a safe state and your second amendment rights were safe um you'd be surprised what things could look like in a couple of years so so keep in touch with groups like mine And you'll see what's happening here um, so that you can be prepared if it comes your way. And, and, you know, give us a hand if possible. If you can throw us a couple dollars, that's awesome. But even if not, point people our direction. If you've come across somebody on vacation, they're from Connecticut, have you heard about CCDL? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much. Okay, guys, we're going to get out of here. I want to remind you about Harry's Holsters. Uh, You can use the code Hank Strange and get... 10% off at Harry's Holsters. Thanks so much for joining us here. Everyone stay right there. I'm going to run the end. Where where was it? There we go. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Ring the bell so you can be notified. Every time we go live, we're going to rip the audio out from this and throw it up on iTunes and other places that you can get your – your audio podcasts. Thanks so much to our guests here, Holly Sullivan of CCDL for coming on, Rich from BWE Firearms, Dylan, Dilspec for coming on today. We had a great time. We will see you guys. We're out of here. Anyone else has any final words before I press the button? Anyone else? Anyone else?
2: Support your gun channels on Patreon if you can,
0: because YouTube is
2: is doing everything they can to kick them off.
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much. We're out of here. We'll see you guys. Thanks.